Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Level 2, Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Moretti from Down the Red Head Cam Store. Thanks to Whale Capper for joining us on the program. I'm not sure if the DFS guys are joining us later. I'm sort of assuming not, but yeah, uh, maybe Yang can let us know. Maybe, maybe Ricky Sanders is stepping up in it here, and uh, we'll talk some yeah. NBA DFS. Um, yeah, no, so thir- got the no, game. no Thursday night game, buddy, but you know what I got for you always? Like Santa Claus, a hockey lineup for you. <laughs> <laughs> The NBA was actually well, we, good to me last night, too. I bet a few NBA games. I did all right. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything anything, uh, anything less. Exactly. Uh, tonight in the NBA, you got the Celtics and the Rockets, uh, Knicks and Milwaukee. They just played on Christmas Day, actually. It's kind of stupid they're playing again. Um, Lakers and Sacramento, Philadelphia, Utah. A lot of stupid things in sports. <laughs> You're right. It really is. Like, canceling that bowl game yesterday was stupid. Why do they even have, like, why do they have bowl games in cold weather places too? It's like nobody wants to go. I, like, I see my boy John Lerner right now, who lives in New York, bitching about like he's like, who the hell wants to sit at Yankee Stadium right now? It's cold there, like for Miami, Wisconsin. You're right. It's, it's got to be like strange. Memphis and under, Memphis and under, or something. Like this is nuts. You, you great. Let's bring in. Uh, <laughs> nobody wants to. Freeze let's bring around. in Lou from a gamblu. dot com. Lou's warm in Arizona. Arizona, exactly, exactly. Lou. Yes. How's Christmas in uh, Scottsdale, Lou? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. Merry Christmas to you guys. And talk about sitting at the edge of your seat, riveting, fascinating bowl games. Look no further than Phoenix, Arizona for last night's TCU, whoever the hell they played, uh, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese it ball, Lou. It was cheese the cheese it, yeah. it ball. Yeah. I, I think I, cheese know, it wanted to sue the schools after that performance. Three or four names ago, I used to. We used to go to that every year because I love the you know unattended small little bowl. Yeah, what was it you, before, Lou? The insight bowl, copper bowl, right? the insight. Yeah, it's a yeah. bowl maybe. I saw Notre Dame and Oregon State play a couple times. I mean, this is years ago. I, I mean, I don't go to that. I don't go. I, I, I'm I'm too too busy working and trying to handicap anywhere. I don't go out and have that much fun. But what a what a debacle! I think I heard the stat that there was a, an interception every seven minutes in that game last night. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, Luke. you know, Luke. It, was, it was awful. They could have played. They could have played for ten hours, and they wouldn't have cracked twenty points. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they they went to overtime, man. They still only got to seventeen. Like it was. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you get to these ball games, and you guys pose really great questions. I, I I don't really get it. 
I think they, I do, I, I mean, we all get it because it's money, but to me, you know, why not create a, a 32 game uh, college elimination kind of a, a bracket like they do at the at basketball and college world series and baseball. And instead of all these bowl games and conference championships, give some teams chances uh, to play on, on modified scales. I'm not advocating the 16 play the one, but you know, maybe you have a bracket uh, or two, you can use some creativity, uh, but the bowl thing is tired I don't even I don't yeah. even bet them. And how do how do you bet them? You don't know what kids playing, what kids you're going, picking what your poison. Kids it's like Russian roulette. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, you're I, taking uh, guesses. I feel. I you feel should do actually, like you said. They're not going to listen. They're, they'll have they'll expand the playoff eventually. They're not going to go to 32. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But the Bulls now, like you said, like Dallas. It's not nice at this time of the year in Dallas, and we saw there's lightning, and you know there's. I think what they should do, I mean, you got some of these bowl games in some of these cities and stuff, and, you know, there's a lot of them in Alabama, man. The stadiums are empty. It's just, it's ridiculous. I think they should basically put them all in one place. I think it would be better, Kev. So, basically, you know what? Make Orlando Bowl Central, man. I'm not saying every bowl is there, but, like, you know, 16 of them in a row type thing. What about And there's, like, two or three a day. So, you get to, you you go, okay, I'm going to Orlando. And I won't just see one bowl game. I'm going to see like six bowl games. Like, yeah, on Tuesday, I'm going to see that game. And then Wednesday, we'll see that game. And you sort of, you know, it makes it more predestination as opposed to these poor bastards. You fly out to to Dallas to watch your, you know, Boise State play. They play five minutes and they shut the game down because they don't don't care about the game enough. It's like, whatever. You know, the games, you know, this game was purely made for TV. And... Our TV schedule is full. I mean, that basically ESPN could give two shits that game was over. They was like, on to the next one. You know what I mean? And they're like, no, we're not airing it. We're not moving on. Like, all these bowl games, Lou, they're just pretty much a creation of ESPN. Like, ESPN owns them, literally and figuratively. Like, they're made for TV. They, they don't care if there's two, two people in the crowd. They just want TV programming. But, you know, it, it's you're you're right, doing a disservice to the kids putting them in these empty stadiums. It would be also harder to cancel a trip. If you when you go to Dallas, you're like okay, well, it didn't work out. If you go to the one uh, the, the location, they have multiple games. It'd be harder for the families and packages when all these things happen with weather. You wouldn't you wouldn't cancel it. You'd wait it. You'd wait it out. Things would happen. And I'm with you, Gabe. I think even further destination spots like they had the Bahamas Bowl. You have one central location in the United States with multiple, and then you have destination spots too. Because this is just getting ridiculous year after year. It's stupid. All right, yeah, uh, so for the record. I just want to my head going off I, told, the board I totally here. agree with you guys. We have yeah, the Miami Hurricanes Miami going off the board of Wisconsin in about five minutes' time. So Click, 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 click. Yeah, as we say that, Lou, we're betting on Miami. Good luck to us. <laughs> Who knows oh, who's going to win? But... <laughs> so, Lou, uh, it's um, – you know, I wonder. It's it's hard to believe John Jones is fighting this week. It's back, but what what a circus! I was just I brought it up off the top of the show a bit. I'm seeing right now, Lou. And I know. Listen, you're going to say, listen, we all we can do is talk about the line and bet the fight, etc. But I'm not sure he's as innocent as they made him out to be the UFC again. Like I'm seeing a lot of tweets, and Joe Rogan's in a big feud right now with everyone. People are telling Joe he's a big suck up and he's covering up for for the event. 
it seems like John Jones didn't just have a little bit of one sample in here. There's like three or four things that he has in his system. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always, it's always a shit show around this guy, Lou, isn't it? You know, over the years, Gabe, I've, I've been voracious in my criticism of him and his lifestyle based on historical fact. And now I'm going to be very, very quick to reserve judgment because I'm not a, I mean, you got to be a dad gum chemist anymore to understand UFC. And so I'm going to reserve judgment right now. But I, I will say this I think the intelligent man or woman thinks to themselves, you know, why hasn't this happened to Rafael Asuncao? Uh, why hasn't this happened? Uh, to Stevie Wonderboy Thompson. Why, why is this only happening to this man? And so that's the question that I will pose rhetorically. Well, why does this keep happening to him? So now we turn, but we turn the page. There's a fight going on, and we can talk about, um, you know, the justification to make the money that the UFC, and, I, and really, I tend to side with Joe Rogan. I think that Nevada State Athletic Commission, because guys were in, you know, the UFC is trying to jam this down everybody's throat real quick before we get a chance to understand what the facts are, perhaps. <laughs> uh, and while Nevada was hesitant, of all things, California, the, the regulation, the, the, the state regulation body that tends to be more conservative is the one that accepted it. So, you know, I'm, I'm spinning in circles legally and chemistry-wise, but I, I am, I think I have very, very strong feelings on how these fights are going to go. So John Jones and Gustafson was a great fight the first time. Uh was actually in Toronto. Uh, yeah, my girlfriend fight. was at it, Gabe. She had the best, yeah. uh, best fight she ever went through in her life. It was, it was almost like a split. Both guys left the building in, like, wheelchairs. It was amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah, they both went to the hospital after. Um it was great, great. It really was. I mean, it was the toughest fight that John Jones has ever been in his career. I think he won the fight barely, like, you know, but Gustafson, it could have been a draw. It was that that tight. I don't know, Gustafson's been pretty inactive over the years. You know, what What are you making of this? Are you looking, are you, do you think it's another close fight again, Lou, or do you think that John Jones just smashes him? Yeah, I, I think that... Uh... Jones is a special kind of an athlete, no matter what his weakness for uh, mental weakness to need enhancements may or may not be. Uh, he's, he's had two years off. I'm convinced based on a mutual friend you and I have gave in Albuquerque at the time that Jones first fought Gustafson, he was partying every night. I think he was compromised when he went into that cage Gustafson fought the best fight he could have possibly fought, and I don't think his fight plan can change from that fight to this. I don't believe Gustafson can hurt Jones. He can only win a decision. And I think Jones has been lifting weights and chewing on bullets and being pissed off for two years, and I think he's going to unleash a furious whooping on Gustafson come Saturday night, and I do not agree at all with the over-under I. I'm online as saying uh, fight does not go. The decision is close to a pick. Uh, I'm I, I'm, a, I'm in a strong position that way, and at minus two fifty five or so, 
I'm in a very, very strong position with Jones, and I'm even going to puke all over myself by saying I like Cyborg as much, and I'm going to put Jones and Cyborg together. Oh, so yeah, so interesting. So oh, parlay play pukes. Here. Yeah, I like that. There it is. I'm um, puking all over myself, Cam. <laughs> Lou. Oh, it is the holidays, Lou. <laughs> it is. <laughs> three, three and a half. Minus 138, three and a half rounds. You're right. Four and a half. It's keeps a little high. You're right. Because they went the distance last time. So I guess there's an exception. There's an expectation. But over under for Jones and Guffs is in four and a half rounds. Minus 125 uh, to, the, to the over. Which leads us into this cyborg, uh, cyborg fight. So here she is. I mean, Dana White protected. It's kind of comical, isn't it? Like how they protected Ronda Rousey like from cyborg. It's like, all right, Cyborg, you're allowed in the UFC now, now that Ronda's safely away from the building. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we don't care about our other female champs, but, you know, you can do what you want to Nunes' face, but don't touch Ronda. Uh, Ronda Rousey would have gotten freaking murdered, too. So I guess they, they knew that, right? But anyways, um, so Cyborg, you think Nunes is overwhelmed by Cyborg here. I was curious in your take on this fight. I'm surprised. I mean, so... Nunez getting no love here. Cyborg, minus 250. Christiane Justino, she doesn't like being called Cyborg, but minus 250. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I, I, I think I'm, a, I'm after value. And Cyborg, I think when we look at both of these fights, once they're over, we're going to realize that the, just the bigger, more talented athlete is, is hard to beat when they're at this level of competition. And and Cyborg is a, is a, going to go in there at 163 pounds. And Nunez, to her credit, was smart enough to delay this fight months so that she could slowly and adequately gain the weight to compete with cardio at 145. So we're going to see a really good Amanda Nunez. But in my opinion, the difference in this fight is mental and Cyborg is going to hurt Amanda Nunez with body shots, kicks, and and I think that this fight is one-sided as well. And at 250, I think Cyborg is a bargain, and that's why I'm going to bet Cyborg straight up. I'm going to bet John Jones straight up. I'm putting the two of them together in a parlay, and you know I'm a dog lover, and I could well go down burning, but... I think these opportunities come up once in a while, and this is a huge opportunity. What about uh, Kiesa and Condit? Uh, Condit hasn't Ooh. fought. When's the last time Condit fought? Like two years ago? Uh, I think it might have been against Magni most recently, and it was. Some oh, time yeah, ago. yeah. Uh, and, and the poor kid, you know, he, he's got a good brain on his head, and. And he's trying to get into other businesses. And I, I think the fight game has left him. However, I think the UFC fed him someone he can handle. Because I, I don't uh, respect Kiesa as much as other UFC fighters. I just think he's uh, soft, one-dimensional. And, and uh, if, any, if there's a matchup made for Condit, I think it might be Kiesa, just like later in the card with BJ Penn. That's what I was going to ask you guys. BJ Penn's fighting? When's the last time he's fought, Gabe? I think we were at, I think we were there in Vegas. What the hell's going on? He shouldn't be, Ken. He shouldn't. No, like, this is nuts. He's plus 380. It's like come it's, on, man. It's come pathetic, on. though. Like, Dana White 
Dana White rips, ah, oh, you know, uh, yeah. Chuck Lydell and Tito Ortiz, what a joke. Those guys are fighting, shouldn't be sanctioned. Yeah. And he's like, hold my beer while I book BJ Penn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but like, they book him against they book him against a guy that couldn't that couldn't lull your baby to sleep. I mean, yeah, like if they yeah. give him the home, they give him a perfect <laughs> they give him a perfect opponent and and everybody's on the other kid. I'm telling you, I, I you call me you call me crazy, but I'm going to have some lunch money on BJ Penn. Guarantee it. He, he's dropping down to the weight he's most comfortable at, fighting a guy that wants to lay on his back and invite you to come down and make out. So you're, this is almost more of a bet against Ryan Hall than it is on BJ Penn, right? I think Penn has enough to beat him, and they're giving him a chance to look good maybe and, and go out with a win. That's what it yeah. smells like to me. <laughs> I couldn't lull a baby to I don't know. You're right, right? Lou's got some great lines, man. They're fantastic. Yeah, All like, my right, stuff man, comes yeah. from Angelo Dundee. Everything I've learned in the fight game, it all came from Angelo Dundee and my love for him and, and Ali. <laughs> amazing. All right, we'll take a quick, quick break with the main man, Lou, gamblu.com. BJ Penn, 40 years old. The prodigy. Holy crap. We'll go over his losses after. There's a lot of them. All right. Uh, game time decisions continues. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Time to say Freddy Parade Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good job, Yag. Lou from Gamblu.com uh, with us right now. We'll jump into the NFL. We'll talk a little UFC. Uh, 40-year-old BJ Penn fighting. I'm just looking at his, at his uh, the last, like his record's now 16 and 12. Um, you know, lost, basically he's won one of his last nine fights. Uh, but tougher, much tougher opponents than the guys fighting this week than Ryan Hall. Like Dennis Seaver, uh, Yair Rodriguez, Frankie Edgar, Rory McDonald. I mean, hell, he shouldn't be anywhere near Rory McDonald. But that was 2012. See, he's actually fought, right? Yeah, it's hard to believe. He's fought twice, Cam, last year in 2017. Huh. Like, I, I, I personally, I, I hate seeing him out here, like, still like this. Because he was so good. He really You're was, right. like, you know, Hall of Famer, legend of the sport. And I just hate watching these guys lose every time they go out there like this. But he's got a puncher's chance, you say, Lou. Well, Gabe, I mean, you listed four fighters. What are they? Stand-up strikers. Ryan Hall is the opposite of that. Again, I I think they're spoon-feeding BJ, a guy that can't hurt him. And and so they're going to go in there, and it's going to be a high school prom. These guys are going to slow dance for 15 minutes for us. I think BJ's got a great chance. He's totally, he's a bargain at plus, you know, 400 or whatever the hell I'm seeing. And I, I'm not saying bet the 
mortgage on him, but he's sticking out like a sore thumb to me. And I I think there's some dogs on this card. And I I do want to just go back for one second. And I I think the reason I want to like Cyborg is because I totally anticipate a stand-up bout here. And in a stand-up bout, when you have a two-inch advantage in reach or better, you win 60% of the time. Cyborg has three inches of reach advantage on Nunez, as well as going to be such a massively larger girl. So that's why I say what I did there. And uh, and meanwhile, BJ Penn, I think, is a good lunch money consideration if you want a dog. And I think there's a couple other dogs on the card as well. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's, rather, BJ, it's good, interesting. BJ Penn's interesting not the only old guy. Andre Orlovsky's, uh he's not a spring chicken either. He's a plus 150 to Walt Harris, former NFL DB. No, no that's, that's not saying Walt Harris, but, yeah, Walt Harris, minus 170, Andre Orlovsky. You guys know more than me. What do you think? Is he worth a look or no? Well, I, I'll, I'll yield to Gabe, but I, I, that's not a fight I'm looking at to me. Uh, the big difference in, in that fight is, is Harris. Is, he's almost five years younger and a lefty, and uh, I think he's probably the rightful. Uh, he's probably the rightful favorite just because of the youth. Uh, but it's not a strong opinion whatsoever on that fight. Uh, what do you think, Gabe? Well, I tell you, Arlovsky. Me and Joey, you know, it's amazing. Arlovsky Cam was done like seven years ago. <laughs> like, basically, if you slam the door, you close the door strongly, like, he'd get knocked out. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you know, like, like you know, they open up the door in the arena, and boom, down goes Arlovsky. <laughs> um, yet, he suddenly, like, found it again. I don't know. It's bizarre. It's, awesome. it's like he's a dude. Like, Lou, like, you know what I mean? He had a glass jaw for a few years there, if you remember. Like, at the end of the Strike Force era, going to the UFC, the guy was totally done. Yet... If he still connects, he can still knock you out. But I got to believe, listen, you got to sort of be a stiff to lose to him. And with all due respect at this point in time, like Walt Harris should be able to get him, Ken. You know, like I, I, I'm looking at the number here, minus 170. I think Harris, man, Harris is not a great fighter either, right? That's the thing. But, you know, Arlovsky was done years ago, but I've lost a couple of times, man, thinking Arlovsky's done over the years, Lou. Yeah, I, I get it, and and to me, it's Harris or pass, and be and because he's a favorite, again, I'll return to being the underdog guy, and I, I'm going to pass on this one. Uh, again, last year and the year before, favorites in the UFC are sixty-eight percent, sixty-eight point five percent. So we have to be really cautious and selective in choosing our dogs, and uh, I just don't think Arlovsky's a live one here myself. No, I think it's it's caught up to him again right now. I mean, the guy's a warrior. I'm a big fan of his. Had a hell of a career. 39 years old, but he he's slowing down right now. He just he doesn't have the speed to to hurt people. I know, and it's very it's very laboring. But you know, you look. I was going back to 2010, so he lost four fights in a row, and he seemed to be done. And then he rattled off a bunch of wins in a World Series of Fighting and different companies. You know, he beat Mike Kyle, Brandon Schaub. Bigfoot Silva, but then a nice win against Frank Mir. Then he turns around and he loses five in a row against elite competitions. Uh, Myosic, Overeem, Barnett, Nganu, uh, Tabura. And then he wins a couple of fights. Junior Albani, he beats Stefan Struve. Now he's lost two in a row, Cap. Like, he's had so many ups and downs in his career, yeah. this guy. You can never really write him off. 
But you know, like like Lou said, I'll have I'll, I'll have a little sprinkle on Walt Harris. He should he should be able to. What's what's Harris been up to? So Harris minus one coming off. Uh, yeah, you know Harris has lost. You know I don't know. I don't like the loss to uh, to 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 uh, to Gopier, but it was a disqualification. He kicked the guy. Uh, he kicked him. You know the loss to Verdum. No shame in that. Walt Harris should be able to win this fight. Like. Uh, you know, he should be able to. Uh, what do you make of the Katz and Gano, Megan Anderson uh, fight, Luke? Any, any interest in wait. that one? I, I don't really have a strong opinion betting-wise, but I can't wait to watch it. I, I really see this as a fascinating fight because Zingano has got so much grit, determination. She's such a toughie. But all the numbers leaned at Megan Anderson. Every, I mean, she's much she's six inches to she's so high glue this megan anderson chick i wasn't impressed with her against holly holm i know like there's a lot of hype and expectation around megan anderson you know do you cut her some slack because then the home loss she really hasn't beaten anybody megan anderson before like this is step up in competition i think for her. seven years younger four four inches taller uh, she's got a four-inch reach advantage with her arms and a five-inch reach advantage with her legs. When I look at that, it's Megan Anderson or pass for me. Uh, those those are two strong numerics to go against, uh, especially the, when you when you combine it with seven years younger. So, to, in my opinion, it's to me I could only bet Megan Anderson, but I, I can't wait to watch it because I want to see her tested because Kat Zingano is going to test her. She's yeah, the pooch, too. Gano. Plus 125, yeah. plus 130 for Anderson on some books. So, interesting. Very interesting. It's a cool card, though. You know, there's some decent yeah. fights here. Some good some good betting uh, betting spots. Uh, yeah, I want to get... Jones and Gustafson. Yeah, that, but the main card's loaded, guys. I mean, uh, Latifi and Anderson, what a great yep. stylistic matchup. And that's one I released on Twitter some time ago, Anderson plus 140. I think he's... Shorter than that now, but again, numerically, he's going to be so much the taller man, the younger man. He's a lefty, huge reach and leg and arms. However, if you sneeze Latifi's on the guy, he's a raging bull, man. He's like a rhino, <laughs> that guy. He, he's he's a he's a he is he's a he's a fire hydrant. So it's power against anderson's ability to wrestle and keep latifi from touching him and and uh, yeah, i'm taking a big risk because i don't like to bet guys with porcelain chins and anderson has one but I, I like anderson as a dog and the next fight could be the best fight of the night volkanovsky against mendez a couple of good wrestlers but again the the advantage in youth for volkanovsky and i think volume and cardio uh, this I think this fight goes into the second, third round, and I think Volkanovski gets him just by being the younger, more vibrant fighter. Uh, he's a, he's also an underdog, so uh, we'll we'll kind of counter, you know, eating all that chalk with Cyborg and John Jones by by uh, recommending both Corey Anderson and Volkanovski as underdogs. Yeah, Lou, it, Lou uh, from Gamblu with us. He's Gamble. amazing. Com. Gabe and Lou, uh, the Anderson-Anderson, male-female, they're both one plus 125, Anderson and Anderson. You can bet them both, Lou. You could do that partly with your chalk. Male-female Andersons, plus 125, plus 125, both of them. There you there you go. I, I You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to limit my parlay to the two, you know, larger favorites. But uh, after 
recommending a parlay myself, I'm surely not going to criticize anybody for taking one themselves. Uh, Lou uh, Gamble.com. What is so, Lou? You're a Bears fan. Uh, also, Lou's a great NFL capper as well, but he's a Bears fan. And we talked about this game earlier in the program a little bit about the scenario for the Bears going in there to, to Minnesota. Minnesota, four and a half point favorites, where the Bears, um, the Bears, if they if they beat the Vikings, they knock the Vikings out of the playoffs, and then suddenly they've got to deal with the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles, and and a red hot Nick Foles suddenly, and a, and a suddenly hot Eagles team, and and also, you know Matt Nagy, he's uh, you know Bears guy, but he's coming from that Doug, he's he's coming from that Andy Reid tree, right? He was in KC forever with Peterson, right? With Doug Peterson. And like, if anyone knows like what Chicago's doing, it's like I said, I've always, I've told people this, it reminds me, they remind me of the Eagles so much from last year, what the, what the bears are doing uh, this year. It's Doug Peterson. So it's kind of weird, Lou. I think you're like, I'm asking you as a bear fan and as a capper, but the bears, if they just let the Vikings win, they play the Vikings again next week in Chicago and I think they would rather play the Vikings in Chicago than have to deal with Nick Foles and 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 an and a Eagle team that's suddenly like you know resurrected from the dead, and or somehow Russell Wilson in Seattle, right? I think they're more comfortable playing against Kirk Cousins and Minnesota in this spot next week at home. I always hate that. Like Will Capper brought it up too. I, I I never liked that when teams play each other in the last week and probably are playing in the playoffs again the next week, Lou. uh, Week 17, uh, what I love to hear is the hardest one for the handicappers, and I agree, and I love it. And and I think what we have to do is go unconventional in Week 17 and not necessarily look at how the game is going to play from four-quarters standpoint, but I think you need to understand that Chicago, the one thing we know they're playing is the scoreboard watching game, and they're going to be watching what happens with San Fran and L.A., and I can tell you, San Fran's going to L.A. to try and win. And if the Bears see San Francisco competing with L.A., you're going to see the Bears try and win that game. And I can't tell you if they're going in trying to win or who they – I don't think they're playing that we'd rather play this team than that team. And quite honestly, I I would love to play Philadelphia the first round. They don't scare me just because – Foles has had a couple of games. I don't. I don't buy into that. I would not want to play Seattle anywhere. And I. I respect the Vikings as division favorites. So the way I would watch this game is I would watch to see what's happening in the first half. Because if min, if the Rams get up on the 49ers, I'm going to get in live game betting and I'm going to fade uh, Chicago and I'm going to go the under because they're going to pull all their players out. Okay, and so this week is going to every single week when these games are going, I'm in front of a computer doing this stuff. But this week, more so than ever, I'll be scoreboard watching with the Bears, because if L.A. gets out to a 10 nothing lead, the Bears are going to shut it off. There won't be any points scored in that game. Minnesota's going to win. It's a great point, Lou. Yeah, he brings up good points there, Gabe. That's why we bring Lou on the show, a friend and a very smart guy. But I'll tell you one thing, Lou, you know this, Gabe. We've been watching this stuff for years. 
it's not it's not automatic. People already talk, hey, Baltimore, you know, going to the playoffs and stuff. Remember what happened with the Bills late in the season, right? The craziness with Cincinnati. All these things happened in the last week. You just can't automatically win. And I'll tell you, I love the Ravens. We were on them, me and Gabe, against the Chargers, but laying five and a half, Lou. The Cleveland Browns all of a sudden are, are, are getting things done. Mayfield's getting more comfortable. The offense looks good, and the defense was good. Don't let that Cincinnati score fool you when they win by eight. They gave up a couple late scores in that game. They dominated front to back on that game. I don't think Baltimore minus five and a half is a lock. What do you think, Lou? Uh, well, you confused me there, but, but uh, yeah, I tend to agree with the last statement that I, I think Baltimore is a very risky play. I, it, normally, yeah. again, we got to take the other road. The must win means pressure. It also means the bookmakers know it's a must win. They know a lot of the parlay play and brothers are going to fade, are going to play that side. So there's value on the other side. So let's look a little deeper into it, however. This is Cleveland, a team that if, with a win is a, is a better than 500 team. They have not quit playing. This is a team that wants to win. And oh, by the way, for old guys like me, Cleveland's going to Baltimore to play the original Browns team that pulled out of Cleveland 50 years ago or whenever it was I was in diapers and left me hanging with no team for three or four years. So there's all kinds of incestuous, deep-seated hatred between these two. And I know we're going to get Cleveland's best effort. And so Cleveland plus, what, five and a half or six points? I'm going to wait because I think I might get six and a half later, but I see six on a number of boards. You sure couldn't go wrong with Cleveland plus six, five and a half or better. I'll say it like that. I'm a Cleveland fan. Yeah, I like also like Thunder in the game. Remember last year too, Baltimore actually lost this game to Cincinnati yes. in the exact same yes. scenario. They need exactly. they just needed the win. They didn't get it. Cincinnati beat it. Yep, you said it. I think it's a great spot for Cleveland. I think people are going to load up on Baltimore because of what they did to the Chargers, but it's a week-to-week league. And what do you think about this one, uh, Lou? I know the Cincinnati Bengals stink, but do you want to lay 14-and-a-half with Pittsburgh? And the only way they make the damn playoffs is if there's a tie in the Indianapolis-Tennessee game. That's a, that's a lot of points to lay, even though the Bengals suck. Yeah, I, I, because there, I, I can only – I got to have a game. And I know Pittsburgh's playing with something, but I, I'm not even looking at that game. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really focused. Chicago, Minnesota, Tennessee, Indianapolis. I, I need to be able to try and determine that the, that the group is going out to play and give everything they got to win a game. And there's only a handful of games on the slate to give me that. Yeah, you know, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland will br- bring an A game to try to knock Baltimore. Listen, man, yep. Cleveland have played well uh, down yeah, the right. stretch. Plus, they want they want to get Greg Williams that job. All right, Lou, so we've got two minutes before we get you out of here. Any other NFL game catch your eye you want to bring up, uh, Lou? Yeah, I'm going to play contrarian. I, I think everybody wants to overlook uh, Tennessee and think that Indianapolis is just going to go in there and jelly roll them. And I'm not quite so sure. Uh, yeah, Indianapolis, You get, if you get two and a half, I can see it. And the best news about this is, is because all these games are grouped together, any kind of teaser or parlay can be played from an early or a, or a late game into this night game. And quite honestly, I think Tennessee, with no quarterback decided, they know who's playing. Mariota's going to march out there. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. This this game opens uh, two and a half, is going right to three, and three and a half. 
uh, I think there's going to be value on home team Tennessee. I'm going to sit back, be real quiet, wait till the last minute, try and get four. Lou, gamblue.com, your class act, Lou. It's always a pleasure, my man. Love you, Lou. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, everybody. Lou's a great guy. There's Lou, gamblue.com. Yeah, you know, I don't want to keep it for another segment. I know he's uh, he's out and about right now. Great, uh, Great hits with Lou. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game time decisions. Fantasy Sports Radio Network continues. Yeah, Yanks fired up. Gabe. Yeah, lose amazing. Where are you doing the show from, by the way? Are you at a hotel, at a bar, or buddy's house? Uh, what's the location? Yeah, I'm in a condo. Oh, condo. Nice, nice, beautiful. I'm in a in a condo uh, right now. At your brother's place? Um, yeah. Nice, nice. So it's, yeah, I'm overlooking. Uh, Overlooking the uh, downtown Vancouver, the train station uh, area. Nice. Pretty pretty Love much it. near BC place there. Uh, nice nice area, yeah. Love that city. Oh, no, that's a wicked area. Love it. My brother used to live in uh, Vancouver, too, before he moved to Calgary. God, I love Vancouver. I could I could live there in a heartbeat. Love it there. Yeah, at least it's not raining today. It's been, you close know, it rains all the time, right, in the wintertime. But it does. It's bleak, so, but it's close to Seattle. You could do a lot of things there. You're able to the, the, the scene, too. You know, the West Coast, the time. It's nice. You get. You, uh, that's why we're, we're big fans of Vegas, too. I, I like the game starting earlier. You're not used to it now. It's, you know, 243 instead of 543, but you get used to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of sucks, though. You got the World Junior stuff here this week. Only in that it's going to be hard, you know, to get the Alabama-Oklahoma game on a Saturday night up at a bar, right, type thing. Yeah, somebody will do um, it, though. So You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be on in the corner. Yeah, exactly. We're already down 14-0 Wisconsin. Like, it's early, though. Uh, You know, Duke was down, but Miami sucks. You're 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 right. Like, honestly, this team is your, like – there's only a few teams that consistently, like I, I, Duke's actually a team that's helped me in football many times because they cover games. Miami and the Dallas Stars, like I literally want to almost put them on the band list. The Hurricanes stink. No, I do. They're gutless. Like I, yeah, I really do. I, I jumped in just sort of, I rolled the money wave. Um, but, yeah, just a terrible, uh, uh, Miami just picked, picked them off, actually. Interception. Yeah. Terrible pass. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, no, they had the ball, and then uh, Wisconsin's dry. Yeah, it's crazy. If we hold them to three here, 17 nothing. I'm not giving up yet, but it's very, very close to me saying, you know, it's been a slice. Thanks, Miami. Can't buy out of it, though, now. We're, we're playing from a position where I can't take Wisconsin. you gotta, you got to lay crazy on the money line, so let's just hope for the best. Hey, it's a long game, Gabe. You know, in college, things could change quick. We just need a break. 
not sure. The kid might not be an interception, actually. It might be, uh, oh, yeah, they got the little turnover chain and stuff. They give it to him. It looked <laughs> like he was out of bounds, but um, 14 nothing. We'll see if Miami is able to move the football. I don't wow. think they will be. I think. It's great. You're ahead of I, me I in this game. You're ahead of me by like five seconds. So I just see the interception, but he might have been out. But yeah, you're right. It's going to be real tight, but I think they got it, buddy. I think they got yeah, yeah. it. You're like a you're like two minutes behind. <laughs> that sucks. I'm watching the game on like a wicked thing too. Like it's like ridiculous. Wow, you're get, you get a great feed. Uh, no, that ball hit the hit the white. No way. Yeah, I don't think it's an interception. No, no, it won't be. I think Miami. I hate to say it. I abandoned ship already. I think they're going to. Uh, they'll probably get shut out. Type of thing. Like I don't. I don't think. You they know, some teams like oh they can come back. I don't think they can. Like, I, I don't think they're going to score. I think you know, I'm, I'm looking at Rozier here. He's terrible. Like, they're – and the thing with, with with Wisconsin is they'd have a great year, but you know in a game like this they have more pride than Miami, right? They do. The they Miami do. players just don't care. Yeah, they just, they never care. They just don't care. You know Wisconsin is a proud program, right? Like, they're – they didn't have a great year, but you know they're going to show up. They're not going to embarrass themselves in Yankee Stadium. Meanwhile, Miami, they'll embarrass themselves in any stadium in America. <laughs> yeah, no. Miami, always, they don't show up in big games. They always find a way to let you down. But, Gabe, I'm telling you, I have faith. It's a long football game. It's only 14 points. If they can find a way to get a touchdown on the board, we're going to be in this game. Have faith, my friend. I'm not giving up yet. Not giving up yet, friend. What's the other game tonight? There's another one, right? Baylor, uh, Baylor and Vanderbilt. Oh, right God. now, uh, yeah, it's uh, I know, and uh, Big Cat kind of directed to uh, message me. It's been a good day yesterday. You said it. You were on Minnesota. Uh, we had TCU. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with this game. Like, everything in my head is telling me, wow, Vanderbilt shouldn't be laying points, but I have no confidence in taking, like, either side. Vanderbilt is a favorite or, or taking points with Baylor. Like, that's just a game that – Probably put very little on, and uh, you know, watch it for fun because you don't you don't want to put serious units on that game. You can't tell me you got you got a real good angle on that game. Baylor's top wide receiver is also uh, out for the game. He's like their best weapon, so it's it's kind of concerning. I think Vanderbilt's the play. Yeah, I think Vanderbilt. I think Van, you okay? You talk about like pride and program and stuff like that. That's where I agree with you on Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt is a team. Yeah. They're what are they? They're only a six-win team. They're in a bowl game. They'll be happy to be there. And I know that team. They'll grind. I kind of, I kind of agree with you. I think Vanderbilt is. I think Vanderbilt's better than Baylor. I want to take the Baylor's Baylor. another one too that never win big games. I know it's a new coach in there, a new system, you know, whatever. They're Remember happy the to do a bowl game again, but collapse versus Michigan State in a big game. Like, yeah, they they've been in this situation before when they were like one of the best teams in the nation, and they never showed up. Like, they always found a way to screw up a bowl game. They're not even the same Baylor team, so like they're way worse than those other teams with Art Bryles. Yeah, I have a lean to the Commodores. Yeah, it's my minus four. It's not not the end of the world laying the four points. I think I think they get it done. Syracuse, West Virginia tomorrow. It's a game everyone's going to hammer. West Virginia were six-point favorites in this game. Uh, Will Greer's out and uh, mass massive swing went to was a pick'em. Now the money's pouring in on the Cuse, though. It's up to minus two. That'll be up at minus three uh, by yeah. tomorrow. So let me see today. So they give them the, the let me. Uh, I don't know what I did. I just shut my stream down for some reason. Um, I get it back open. I don't think it's an interception. He looked out of bounds to me, personally. No, no, they gave it to him. They actually, Miami's got the ball right now. They gave it to him. So I have no idea, honestly, and we have money on Miami. That was not an interception. The ball hit the ground. Also, he was on the line, but 
you know what? With instant replay in these games, I don't even know what the hell's real anymore. It's nuts. Huge run by Miami. 30, 40, 50, 40, 30. It's like 60-yard run, Gabe. Worth the 30. I told you, don't give up. Don't give up. Here we come. Yeah, you're going to have come. to... Uh... You're going to have to uh, keep your excitement to yourself. You're two behind. Like, they're on the 10-yard uh, line now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was a nice run by Rozier, though. Very nice. I know, but, like, even for the <laughs> listeners, you're telling people stuff that they already probably know, too. You know what I mean? Okay, <laughs> like, I won't say nothing about the game anymore. Sorry. I can't believe because I got a really nice feed. It's crystal clear. Just I can't believe it's, like, ten a player two behind. That blows. Yeah, yeah. Um... 14. What's the in-game total in this game? 52 and a half, 51 and a half right now. Pretty low, actually, considering there's already 14 points. Yeah, in-game. And Wisconsin, six and a half in-game if you, if for the spread, not the total. Yeah, I'm going to go over to 51 and a half. I just, I just uh, clicked it. Nice. Live in play. So I'll need, yep. I'll need Miami to do something, punch, punch this in here. Correct. Lots of games tonight, though, man. Like, if for because the NHL they were off on Boxing Day, we had NBA last night. There's 13 games in the National Hockey League tonight, so we'll go over the board in the DFS uh, gambling uh, section of the show, Gabe. Uh, lots of lots of games, and there's still uh, some games on the hardwood uh, tonight too, and that bowl game tonight, and there's an early bowl game tomorrow too with Auburn and Purdue. That'll be before games our show. In the NHL. Yep, 13. It's a 13 lot, it's a, games. It's a lot of games. It's too many. It's too many games. I was preferring, I was hoping for something kind of in the middle. And then uh, it's hard to do a DFS lineup with that many games, too, with the stacks. There's so many options. But I got a, I got a team together. We did pretty good uh, on Friday's show with uh, some stuff. We had some players that came through, hit a couple winners. But, uh, you know, let's keep, let's keep the train rolling. Hopefully uh, we can get some miracles here, make some units, and make everybody uh, put the money in your stocking instead of coal. Uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, tonight uh, hosting Colorado. Uh, Vegas Vancouver got, Canucks are on the road because yeah, Vegas got uh, two guys out. Championships are in Vancouver. Correct. Vegas, uh, two of their defensemen are out tonight. Uh, very good home team, though. But I don't know. I was actually kind of maybe even looking at Colorado tonight. I'll tell you, Gabe. Over over the the Christmas and holiday season, I like to take uh, more road team road teams than home teams. Uh, rather the home teams too many things going on at home i think you kind of want to get on the road around this time you know what i mean team bonding don't have to worry about anything it's a stressful time of the year so i think being on the road is a good thing um miami hurricanes kicked a field goal yeah yeah i'm lining up for it now but i'm not allowed to comment on the game because it's already through so 14-3 Great. Okay. Well, yeah, coming, like but. you're so you're so off. Like they're they've already kicked off. Like now on the other side. Like why? Really? Uh, this is like an ESPN oh, about feed to kick too. Off. Oh, okay. Wow. What are you watching on your not... Fire Stick thing there? Yeah. 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 Ah, oh, it's not the end of the world. I mean, no, a great pitcher. The but... only thing is, for live <laughs> yeah, no. in-game betting, I'd be exactly. careful. Exactly. Like That's a, a thing. Behind the action, yeah. you know. Yeah, usually it's very, very good. I don't know. I'm gonna at the commercial break when at the top of the hour. I'm gonna try to find it on another feed. I think I could do better. Usually they have like three or four options. I just went to the first one because I was having problems with my passcode, so I got through. But you're right. Like I be honest, the yet. stream I'm watching. I watch. I'm watching this on Bosscast right now, and. Um, they're usually a little bit behind too. Like, so I'm not like you're really, because I'm probably a little behind uh, in reality, but 14, three right now, 
late in the first quarter. So they've already put up 17 points in this football game. Uh, Buck 15 left in the first live from Yankee Stadium. Baylor and Vanderbilt coming out up later in the uh, Academy Sports Outdoors Texas Bowl. So, well, we know so it's in Texas, but where? That doesn't where. <laughs> I think it's in Houston. Where the t- uh, I think that game is in Houston tonight. I'm almost 100% positive. It, it, it is in Houston. I know it is because I was looking it, at it. It is, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's where the yeah it's a Texas. So we won't, we won't have NRG a delay or anything. No, no, where 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 they play? Uh, no, there's no there's no elements there, right? There's yeah. no elements yeah. there. Yeah, you're right. It's home of the Houston Texans, so we will be good. Nice, yeah. uh, nice field there. Yeah, total fifty-seven bowl. in that game. This team's low. Vanderbilt are nine and three to the under this year. Yeah, I don't. I, no, I they're think not Baylor's a, gonna, they're not a high-scoring team. No, they're not, but I think Baylor's going to have problems with that. I like Vanderbilt. I'm not even touching the total in the game. You got me thinking. Originally, I was going to take the points with Baylor. No, it's a Vandy play. Uh, They're going to get it done. They're going to represent the SEC well. Uh, They're one of those teams happy to be in a bowl game, squeaked it out, you know, one of those seasons. I think they're probably happy to be there and representing and going, hey, we got a, you know, we got a game on uh, December 27th here. Let's show up, Baylor. Nah, I don't really, I don't really believe in the Baylor Bears. Yeah, they're gonna. They're, yeah, they'll be. They'll be fired up for the game. Kyle Shermer, last uh, last game for him. He's actually played well down yep. the stretch. I see. He has eleven touchdown passes, just one interception in the last four games of the season. Completed seventy three point two percent of his passes for nine hundred and ninety nine yards uh, as well over the last uh, four games. Like you said, they're they're going to be a fired up uh, football team here, Vanderbilt. They you know they don't win a lot of bowl games. It's a nice nice year for them. Um, this year, eight and four against the spread as well. So they've been money makers. Both teams six and six. So basically, the winner gets to go home with uh, with a bowl ring and a winning record. And you know that's the whole thing with that. Yesterday, I was thinking about that and that the bowl game they canceled yesterday. So what do they do? No one gets a bowl ring. Nobody gets like there's no winner. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like, I think stupid. it's everything it's, it's, is wasted. It's, like there's, it's there's it's no not rings, just stupid. No it's cruel. It's no ridiculous. Like, no, you you're a senior on those teams. You're going down there as a last final game. What you got? A, you got no decision there. Like your Boston College, your your Boise State. Like, are you kidding me? And you said it, Gabe, because of the made-for-TV shit that goes on. You could you couldn't wait a couple hours. And they also knew. I read multiple stories. They knew storms and stuff were coming. They had no plan B, no different plan to say, "Hey, man, if this happens, maybe we'll do this." It's just, oh, we're gonna cancel a bowl game. Give me a break. And it's not even like at the end of the bowl at the bowl thing too. It's still like a day, day before. There's many, many opportunities where you could have made it up. Instead, you cancel it. I'm with you. What a, what a, what a, that would leave a sour taste in your route to go out like that. And a lot of these guys you know aren't going anywhere after this. They're not going to play in the National Football League. That was their last experience with their buddies. You know? Yeah, that was, it's, it's, yeah quite quite the pathetic way to wrap things up like that. Um, you know, it just, it, it just is. They... You know, they're going to have to reevaluate uh, how they're doing this bowl stuff. And I need to know, too, I saw an article yesterday about uh, the guy. It's actually Sean McVay's uncle. Um, Sean McVay's uncle, the head coach of the Rams. Remember McVay, you know, they've been in football yep. for forever. So I guess his uncle um, is the head of the Outback Bowl. He runs the Outback Bowl. So... That's all he does is just that one game, the Outback Bowl, and he makes one million dollars a year to do it. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. 
That's nuts. One million dollars a year. He gets nine hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars, and he is the Outback Bowl guy. And he's like the highest-paid person in the state, like more than the governor, whatever senators. Uh, it's insane that he's making a million dollars off this this one game. But just goes like the kids. They're gonna give him some like piece of crap two hundred dollar gift bag with like a an iPad or something in it. And you know what I mean? Meanwhile, the the guy the guy that runs the game is making a million dollars a year one run one game a year. Yeah, what do they get a job? They get a gift certificate for Outback Steakhouse for some surf and turf, maybe twenty five bucks. Like you know, like, are you kidding me? Like that was that was a thing for like the Belk Bowl too. Hey kids, you get you get a hundred dollar gift certificate at Belk. I'm like, oh, great, okay. Really? That's what you're doing for these guys? It's like, you, you know how I feel about the college experience. These networks are making tons of money. The kids, most of them aren't going anywhere. They make nothing. I think it's a joke. They should actually, you know, pay, pay them or give them something extravagant, you know? You're, everybody else seems to be making money but them. It's stupid. Yeah, that's that's another thing, too. Like, you know, you don't want to – that's a good point, too. About, you know, you don't pay players, but these players, some of them are in their last year and stuff. It's almost like you said, like if it's your last game and you're in a bowl game, the bowl game should pay you. You know what I mean? It's a good point. Like, you know, like, so, you know, not if you're a freshman or something, but I get it. It's yeah. your last game. Hey, thanks for everything. You're playing in our bowl game. Here's 5k. Here's 10,000 bucks. You know yeah. I mean? Like the, se- the senior the should walk away with something games too. Exactly. Yeah. But instead, exactly. instead they give, you know, I think the limit's $400. So basically, yeah, like they're getting a, a, you know, they're getting a bag with like $400 worth of crap in it, right? You know, whatever. It'll be like an iPad or, you know, some sort of, you know, electronic device that's cool, a new phone or whatever. But like, whatever, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can, they could do a hell of a lot more for these kids. Yeah, the other thing was a disgrace. It was a disgrace. And that's fractions of what it's we're making. Like, People can say all they want about it. Like it, it, to me, it's just disgusting. You you make your your money off these kids. You watch all these games. People are watching these games, and yet they get nothing. Most of these guys in these schools in these mid games, how, how many players do you think, Gabe? So out of, out of the hundred percent of people playing in bowl games, how many are going to make the NFL? Two percent, three percent out of every like hundred kids that plays in the game. And what are they doing with the rest of them? Going to work for Enterprise Rent a Car because they're you know friends of the NCAA. Hey, I was an Arizona Wildcat. Now I'm. Selling cars, you know, rent a car for me. It's like, be nicer to the kids. Give them something real. Money. 14-3 Wisconsin early in the second quarter. They're at midfield right now, third and five. Uh, Badgers uh, convert that first down. Uh, the game time decision continues. We'll jump into some bets, some DFS, and more on the other side. Line up lock live with me and Cam. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions. Ready to break this show. Back in the top 
Jonathan and Gabe. Merry Christmas, buddy. I hope uh, Vancouver's been good to you. And uh, right now, I, I got money on Duke, and they're coming back and leading Temple by 15. Maybe a good start today. Maybe a good start. Yeah, you know what? I wondered about that uh, point spread. Uh, I didn't get in on the game. The um, the time the time uh, difference is still sort of uh, messing with me a little bit. You know, three hours. Yeah, I, three I've hours. Adjust- <laughs> yeah, I've been adjusted to it. Like it's, uh, I still like. You know what I mean? It's weird. Well, it's three like, hours. It's one o'clock computer. now. It's one o'clock, not four o'clock. Yeah, you're feeling it's right? Early. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and you're a late night owl I've too. Been waking so up not- late. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been waking up late late here, like by my standards, but like, you know, it's late on the East Coast. So yeah, my my you know, everything's all screwed up with the time. And uh I didn't get up on time for the temple uh, game. I guess it's it kicked off probably about nine in the morning here or something like that. And I wasn't up uh, at nine here. But uh I do want to get in on that uh, Miami Miami Wisconsin uh, game. The pinstripe bowl from uh, Yankee Stadium uh, goes off in what, about an hour's time, I guess. Yeah, you're right. If you were in New York, it would have been a game that you might have considered going to. It's also a rematch of last year's game. These teams played each other with uh, Wisconsin winning by 10, buddy. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm just kind of just going with things and trying to buck trends. And I know it's cold weather or whatever, but I'm taking Miami in this football game. They're only minus two, and I think they're going to win on uh, on revenge. I like what the Big Ten has done, like Minnesota beating the ACC and Georgian Tech. But this is one spot I think where a lot of people are going to jump on uh, Wisconsin. I'm jumping off the Badger and uh, riding the hurricane. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can understand that uh, that pick, and I'm sort of up in the air with it. I'm I, uh, leaning with Miami as well. My problem is Miami just—they're not that good. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the problem with Miami, right? And they this is the type of game that Miami chokes in generally, right? Uh, that's that's my issue. Like you said, there's it's a revenge spot. It is. They lost the Orange Bowl. It's, a, it's an Orange Bowl rematch from last year. Um, you know, you got a starting quarterback out for Miami as well. Um, so Rozier is going to get the call uh, at the quarterback uh, position. Yeah, he's an experienced quarterback. It's not quite as good as that other kid was, but uh, he's an experienced quarterback. Thing is, Wisconsin sucked this year. Like, it really this is probably exactly. like one of the worst Wisconsin teams we've seen in recent memory. And what do we what do we say too about these bowl games, Gabe? It's exactly what we talk about, the yin and the yang, and it, it one game after. Who looked like shit? Georgia Tech, an ACC team getting beat down by not even a good Big Ten team in Minnesota, embarrassed. And Paul Johnson, it was his going-away party. What are you going to do? Fade the ACC team. Well, all of a sudden, these guys, Temple's kicking their ass early, now Duke's up 15. It's almost like a reaction to the reaction, and that's the way I'm handling these bowl games now. When everybody's down on something, I'm going to jump on board. And you know what? I'm going to say maybe this is the ACC's day and take a shot with the Hurricanes. I'm with you. I think this is one of the worst Badger teams out there, and they're going to have problems scoring on Miami's defense. I think the turnover chain is going to be the difference in the game. Give me the Hurricanes. I'll take them on the money line. Yeah, you know, we talk about Rozier. Rozier's not that bad, right? He's he's okay. He throws it, but... He throws some picks. He's kind of he's a big, thicker guy, kind of mobile game. But I just think this is a good spot for Miami. Like Mark Richt has always been known to say, "Hey, we're this team that chokes in big games. We're going to a cold weather place in uh, Yankee Stadium. No one's gonna, there's probably going to be Badger fan there. I just think it's time for Miami to put up or shut up. I'm going to put my money on them, and if they don't come through this time, they're, I'm going to be done with these guys for a while. So I, I'm just I just really I think it's a really good spot for these guys right now. So I'm going to take them." 
I'm on. Uh, I couldn't believe Duke was uh, plus three and a half, Gable, and a lot of mo- late money from the the so-called sharps came in on Temple. I know there's a lot of football game left, but it looks like Duke's going to pound another one in right now. They're on yeah, the Temple are overrated. Very much. Temple so. are always overrated. I don't know. People always people always think Temple are like better than they are for some reason. You know, yeah. they're just they're, they're, the public perception of Temple football is is higher than they actually are. Like Temple just find ways to lose games like this. Is what they do. You said it, buddy. Look at the American Conference too. Look what they've done. Houston losers in bowl games. They're not a very good, not a very good team. Army, uh, like, like sorry, uh, what what's what else was it? Memphis against Wake Forest. They pissed away. Uh, they pissed away that lead. Like I'm not really sold with the top tier teams in this conference. I don't think they're very good. And you said it. Temple has a reputation from old days of basketball. They're not a football program. Like, Russo's going to be a good quarterback. He's still young, but, you know, they got a pretty good defense, but they're up against a pretty good ACC team and, and Duke, and we're getting points. So it's kind of the same thing with Wisconsin. I don't think they're as good as uh, people think they are this year. And, you know, taking a shot with Miami. Hope we're right, buddy. I really uh, want to make some uh, money over the holidays. It's been uh, a little lean. Yeah, it's a real um, it's a real low total at 44 Sure, uh, with this game. Uh, last night that we saw a real low total in that Cal Cal TCU game, thirty eight, and even though it went to overtime, it, it didn't get there. I was lucky; I split. I took the over just out of principle. I was like, "Man, thirty eight is pretty freaking low." I thought it could maybe get there. I didn't have a hope in hell of getting there, but I did end up. I was on TCU, and it wasn't with any confidence that I took TCU or anything like that. I knew it was sort of a train wreck game, but I thought TCU would sort of grind it out, and the Pac twelve would find a way to screw it up, which they did. Um, you know, Kyle's offense is real challenge, but this total of 44, I'm not going to mess with it. You know, we got to, we got, you know, Rozier's in for Miami, but Wisconsin, man, they just, they can't throw the ball camp. Like they really, really, they really struggling at the quarterback position as well. So it really shouldn't be a very high scoring game. I'm not going to take the total here, but I understand why the total is 44. I'll pull the trigger with Miami. I won't go crazy. Um, We've been doing all right, though, actually, with the bowl games. In the yep, last, damn right. The last one, right, they only re- resumed the other day. But, like, I jumped in. Like, I got lucky with the split last night. Um, we hammered the Minnesota Golden Gophers yesterday, which was – and I didn't really – I didn't like it going into the game. It was just sort of one of those last seconds. I was like, man, I'm either – you're either laying or taking. And I don't trust Georgia Tech to be laying, so I'll take it. You know, the Big the Big Ten's doing well, as you stated, in these bowl games. And the Big Ten are good um, they're good underdogs in bowl games. But this is a little different, this Miami game, just because it's only two and a half points. It's different when you're getting a full six, right? Exactly. And and you, you talk I, – I, I just look at the way these bowls go and the overreactions. That's how I'm going to play bowl season. I'm just going to think, well, wow, this when this one conference is doing great and these guys are horrible. And I got to be honest, Gabe, I didn't touch the, the Georgia Tech-Minnesota game. I was actually probably would have taken the rambling wreck there because of Paul Johnson leaving. Obviously, the kids didn't really care that he's retiring. I just find it honey, uh, hilarious, too. We're watching the, the – I got Boston College plus the points. The game gets canceled. So, and they knew that the weather was coming in there. I'm like, what, you don't have a plan B? So you're telling me these people who spent trips to Christmas, okay, let's go on a Christmas uh, vacation, honey. We'll go watch our cousin play in the bowl game. Not, like canceled, no makeup game. It's absolutely unbelievable. And then you talked about the Cheez-It Bowl. That was some of the worst football I have ever seen, Gabe. And we've watched football games since we were kids. 
nine nine like the interceptions was it nine turnovers it was a train wreck like i watched that that cal tcu game was one of the worst it was actually hilarious i just couldn't <laughs> stop laughing like you're watching the game going is this even i've seen high, better high school games way better high school games better pop warner games like it didn't look like a college football game that game was a shit show hence the cheese it no made. for <laughs> for, the, for the most part it's been it's been a pretty embarrassing bowl season, I think. I yes, uh, the worst it's ever. Like, been. yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah, like they've 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 really they've really hit new lows here, where like it's all for TV, and that's the thing. So yesterday the game gets canceled, as you stated. I was shocked that it was canceled too. I'm like, I don't know why he's still playing. Waited out a few hours, but you know what it is? It's all made for TV. So basically, they were like, "Wow, well, we, where are we going to put it on? We don't have, you know what I mean? We're into the next bowl game right now." And it's like I said, like you figure, I, I thought after, I'm like, come on, ESPN, like put it on something. You guys have a bunch of, just, you know, you have a bunch of different platforms. You could have figured it out. You could have waited it out as well instead of just pulling the trigger after a couple hours like that or have a plan B. Real disaster, as you stated, screws over people to go there, screws the kids over to practice for this stupid game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great point. And, and if you're a senior, game, say everything. you're a senior, yeah. say you're a senior. That's your last game. That's how your career yeah. ends. Like, I feel bad for those kids. Like, you're you're on Boston College and Boise State. It's like, well, you know, guys, we're in this bowl. It's not very lack, – it's pretty lackluster bowl. It's not a great one. But we get one more game together before we say goodbye. Maybe a couple of us will go to the NFL. The rest of us will go, you know, go into the world and try to find find jobs. And then it ends like that. You, it's actually disgusting. And you said, great point. They, they could have put it on any of their many, many channels. They have the Ocho, ESPN, U. But then again, it's like it is here. And you're experiencing this now. I'm watching this game on uh, TSN, too. But after this game, they're putting a Czech Republic uh, World uh, world Junior game on every one of their channels. So i got to go get the fire stick. And uh, Joe's not here. I don't know his password. So i got to figure out what the hell's going on. They want me to reload the password. I want to watch that Miami-Wisconsin game. <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm watching two countries that I don't give a shit about playing playing junior hockey. But you're there right now. And, uh, you know, the atmosphere is probably p- pretty insane there with all the people. Yeah, no, you know, I don't know. I, um, I haven't, I haven't gone out really since I've been here. I got here Christmas Eve. You know, I've been, you know, I've been in for the most part. Like I haven't gone out to any bars or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like I haven't, Yeah. I've walked around on the street a bit, but I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't like gone out tomorrow. I'm going to lay low tonight. I drank, uh, last night I was at my brother's house. So I drank wine and, um, Nice, nice. And a little, nice. little too, little too much wine. So uh, you know, I picked up the pieces. <laughs> I'm actually not that hung over to be honest. With you. I'm all right. Wine's dangerous though. Uh, Wine's one of those drinks. It's creeper. You think you're just having a couple glasses, but oh, yeah, remember, yeah. It, it's not beer. It's 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 more of a, a hard hitting spirit. And okay, because that's the thing with me and I plow wine too. Then you realize, oh my god, another bottle's gone. Like yeah, wine will catch up with you. The sugar. You know what? Though I didn't mix anything else. So like smart, I just had a bunch smart. of glasses of wine and didn't mix it. It was actually better wine too, like higher quality. So, uh, nice. Like I said, I'm not, you know, like I said, it's early here too. Right. It's, it screws me <laughs> up. I, I forgot. I'm like, Holy shit. We're on one o'clock here. Right? <laughs> like it threw me off. <laughs> um, yeah, it's early. Like, you know, so, uh, like I haven't eaten breakfast or anything like that. I woke up, I'm crushing a Gatorade. Uh, right now, but we got whale cappers going to join us. We'll talk some NFL football. We'll call it football whale capper in a couple of minutes. Uh, since we weren't on yesterday, Lou asked, he goes, hey, are we on? Uh, hey, I was Lou. Like, oh, shit, no, we're off, Lou. 
So Lou's going to join us today since he wasn't with us uh, yesterday. Amazing. Yeah, so we'll talk. Uh, we got uh, we got some football talk with uh, with Whale Capper and with Lou. We'll track this uh, this bowl game. But yeah, the World Juniors here, and you sort of see it, but I can't tell. Like it's not like it's over the top or anything. I'm sure at the games it is outside the arena or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm but I'll downtown. tell you what, Like I saw yeah. one dude. I saw one dude yesterday wearing a jersey, like going to the game type <laughs> thing. So I haven't. <laughs> you know, they had BC Place all lit up with like a Canadian flag and stuff last night. I saw, I could see it like from um, when I was on the street. But, you know, the tickets aren't that expensive, actually. You know, you can go like uh, to a Team Canada game for like 80 bucks, 70 bucks. It's not which bad. Some, somewhat surprising. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's over the top, over the top. You know, I think the. I think the love for this World Junior Championship is is subsiding a little bit, to be honest. Well, there's a reason why. You have teams like, uh, you know, Denmark in there, and you're beating them, what, 14 nothing. Here's another thing about this tournament. you got to reduce the teams. Like, we've been talking about the bowl games. It's There shouldn't be this many teams. If you can't compete in the country, it's, it's embarrassing for the kids because you can't ask these other kids from Canada or Sweden, like the best teams, USA, you can't ask them to take take it easy on some of these other teams. they got to play, right? Andy Frost kid had a hat trick last night. The Philadelphia Flyers uh, first round draft pick. It's crazy. Like they're they're beating teams fourteen nothing. Gabe, like it'd be like a bowl game seventy two to nothing. Like sometimes maybe addition by subtraction seems to be the better move. I understand you want to have more countries, but if you can't compete with these guys, it's it's just a bad look. You shouldn't be losing a World Junior game by fourteen goals. No, no. You could also argue Canada shouldn't be running up the score like that, too. True, but, true, true, true. But, but they're out there to play, right? They're kids. They're still kids, right? That's what they do. You know what it is, too? It's like these World Juniors. is. Um, it's better when it's not in an NHL city. You know what I mean? True. Very true. Like Red Deer like, would be yeah, better it's, it's cool here. It's a nice city. But, you know, people love the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, you know I mean, like there—I've seen a million conductors and stuff still. Can't like, a lot of few days everywhere. <laughs> All right, so Whale Capital will join us on the other side. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Right, game time decisions, ready for Rage Radio. I have Gabriel Morenci. If we sound a little different, uh, you know, we're on remote right now. We're on location. Uh, we're not using a regular gear, but uh, we're we're kicking ass here. Good job by Yang, getting everything up and running. Yeah. Good um, stuff. Quick thing. John Jones uh, fights Gustafson this week. Big circus. They had to move it from Las Vegas to, uh, to Los Angeles because uh, John Jones... 
they, you know, it was a big, big story about how he, he tested positive again, but he really didn't test positive. It was remnants from the, the steroids that he took before, essentially. And, you know, the UFC was like, no, no, he didn't test positive again. Like, he didn't do anything wrong, you know. And people were like, if he didn't do anything wrong, then why do you have to move? Why do you have to go to a different state right now to if he wouldn't be, be allowed to be sanctioned in Nevada? Obviously, something's not right. But now, I don't know, man. I'm seeing all I, – I can't prove anything here, but I'm seeing all kinds of stories here and, and tweets about John Jones and – how he didn't just fail one test. He basically failed like three. Like there was like not just a small sample that, you know, he's basically roided up still going into the fight and that the UFC are sort of covering it up a bit, which of course the UFC would never do anything like that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> um, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, they've, they've done this for him in the past, which is amazing, Correct. right? I, I don't know. Yep. Like I said, it seems to be blowing up right now. Like people are really laughing at USADA. People are laughing at and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan right now is taking the UFC side and telling everyone off and whatever. No, never a dull day around John Jones. Let's bring in. Uh, let's bring in a man uh, right now. We appreciate. It. I wasn't sure if he's going to be joining us uh, this week uh, during the holidays. We we haven't been on all week actually. Whale Capper is our first show back, but um, Whale Capper steps up and in. Uh, well, Capper, always a pleasure, man. How you doing? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Hey, thank you, guys. Happy holidays to you as well. Really appreciate you having me on. Uh, and, uh, yeah, right back to the grind. It's week 17. There's money to be made. There's bets to be placed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, you know, that's it. There's to play the national anthem every day, right? <laughs> so we, we got to we gotta stand attention and, and get ready get, get ready for these games. You're right. Uh, you know, I've been in bowl. You know, it's, it's the holidays. We haven't been on. You know, the morning show hasn't been on, so I've sort of been – I've been in decompress mode, actually. And, um, you know, it's been – I've been enjoying it, actually. So we're back right now. But like you said, man, the NFL wraps up uh, this this weekend. A lot of big games, uh, playoff implications, playoff spots on the line. And uh, we got some bowl games uh, today as well, including your Duke Blue Devils uh, right now, Well, Capper, uh, getting it done. Yeah, man, taking it to those owls. That was uh, I. It's weird. I care more about Duke football than Duke basketball, and it's not even close. Duke basketball has kind really? of spoiled me, I guess. But uh, yeah, and, and I and I, I think yeah, down Duke in basketball my, doesn't need I'm, your support. I'm, yeah, no, they don't <laughs> exactly. Need and, and actually, I'll tell you what the uh, the the Cameron crazy fans they've given uh, they, they I just don't like to be associated with them. To be honest, it's they they have kind of given all of Duke fandom a, a pretty. Uh, a pretty rotten image in my opinion. Um, and believe me, those were the worst kids on campus. Like I, I hate to take shots that around the holidays. It should be nice and happy and jovial here, but I'll just, I'll be, <laughs> you know, very straightforward. If you're living in a tent through the time of year where, you know, people are pledging fraternity, you know, you know, rushes going on in fraternity and sorority time. And, you know, if you're part of an athletic team, you're almost certainly in the midst of, you know, your season and training and stuff like that. And if these, these are the only kids on campus that had time to live in a tent so that they can go watch a Duke basketball game. And, you know, this, you know, they show the, you know, the, the kids in the tents in front of the Cameron uh, and, you know, before every national broadcast. Right. And they're like, wow, look at the commitment of these kids. You know, you didn't even really have to live in a tent to get into the game. You could walk up on the day of the game as a student and get in for free. Uh, the only thing was you just didn't get to sit on the side of the of the court where the TV captured you on the broadcast. 
right? So the only reason oh, yeah, those yeah, kids yeah. are living in tents, yeah, glory hounds, so they glory hounds, TV yeah. size. Yeah. yeah, they want to. Yeah, right. Exactly. They want to be be uh, seen on TV. You know, dressed in blue paint or whatever, doing the, you know, doing the chants that they pass around. It it, it was not. It was, those were not the, the the kids you really wanted to spend time with on campus. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'm a big Michigan fan, and uh, I've told people like uh, I said I, was, I'm a, I still am a big Michigan fan of the team. But one of the biggest disappointments in my life was going to Ann Arbor, <laughs> and, and then just like meeting Michigan fans over and over and being at games and bars and and it's to the point like, dude, that during the Notre Dame Notre Dame Michigan game this year, I was at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And I was actually hanging with the Notre Dame fans. And, it, that's, that, and I, I was almost like, that's what it was. Like, it was basically like, I'm not with those guys, man. They're not like, I'm not like, you know what I mean? And, you know, the Notre Dame dudes, like just sort of New York type Notre Dame fans. But, yeah. man, Michigan nice fans are just douchebags. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. They're just yeah. so, like, it might as well be like Duke, Michigan. Like, the 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 just the, yeah. the yeah. arrogance and the entitlement of the student and – yeah, you know, like yeah. the kid Notre Dame, that the Michigan fan, Notre Dame were kicking the crap out of Michigan that night. Whatever, man, it's a sports book. Guys are running their mouths, and you know, we I, he was joker. I didn't have any problems. Real like Jersey Shore type guys, and this the Michigan fans asked him, "What year did you graduate from Notre Dame?" He's like, "What?" <laughs> like, like, dude, they're like they're basically implied like he should he yeah he didn't he didn't go to the school so he shouldn't be running his mouth about the game and it's like he said i didn't go to school but i got a thousand dollars on this right now <laughs> and i'm just thinking like god yeah, like i actually almost like i, I told the michigan fans i said you know he's gonna punch you in the face soon basically face. right like dan you would have deserved it yeah you're, you're but, but anyways yeah um speaking of the yeah, FanDuel I mean, sports book I see a tweet right now from uh, David Purdom. Uh, they just tweeted out, FanDuel Sportsbook uh, just took a $165,000 bet on the Pinstripe Bowl uh, in, in, uh, at the Meadowlands, and they bet on Wisconsin plus three. They bought the half point. They got oh. Wisconsin at $165,000. Man, I got to tell you, Whale Capper, I don't know if the dude that bet this has seen his quarterback play before. It's a lot of confidence <laughs> to have in yeah. that, that offense. It's bad, man. He's bad. <laughs> It's tough, man. The college bowl game kind of all shook out to be kind of, I don't know, how, yeah. is, you know, true, is true talent going to prevail, really, right? Like, uh, you know, Wisconsin was expected to kind of compete for the Big Ten before the season, uh, and obviously things all fell apart. They don't have their starting quarterback. But still, like, they have a lot of talented athletes on that squad, you know, particularly the, you know, a bunch of seniors on that O-line who came back for this year. Uh, who are all going to go play in the NFL? You think that they're going to show up? So I, you know, I, I think I see the angle why you would back a team like Wisconsin, but um, you're going to need one hell of a performance out of some of their some of their uh, uh, senior leaders. I think, uh, particularly on that O line, if they're going to they're going to get a win today. Gabe and Whalecapper, I was going to say the way you play these college games is a lot like baseball. Uh, the swing, like your team's down a couple runs in the first inning, big deal. You turn a favorite into a dog, and look at the momentum swings, Gabe. You see, it's not like a regular football game in the NFL. Temple was killing these guys. Now Duke's up 22 and on the doorstep. Like, 
when things fall apart, they really fall apart. We talk about it. They're kids. And when things go well, they really start to feel it. Live betting. Look, at TCU was down last night, too. So, Will Capper, you're a man of math. I know that. This seems to be the best way to attack these bowl games is, you know what, find find a number, look for a good number live betting, and try to double or triple your take back a lot of the time. If you live bet Duke, you'd be rich. Doesn't, yeah, it uh, it doesn't. Uh, that seems like a pretty pretty solid strategy. I, I can't really think of any examples where we, this season where one team has just completely run away with it. I guess Army. Army was maybe the only game where, where in Ohio where it was yeah. never really in doubt. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if you can, if you have an angle you like before the game, if you're, you know, if you're feeling like you're going to see a wide open, you know, kind of game and it's going to be high scoring and there's a couple of, you know, turnovers early and you're not getting the points you expected, you know, you can get a discounted price on that over. And, you know, similarly, if you think, uh, you know, you think one team or the other is going to be, uh, be competitive after things settle down, you can get them for a very advantageous price. This this turnaround for Duke today was surprising, though. I gotta say, I think you know, you didn't. It, it felt like you know they throw Jones in there. Didn't look like he was particularly confident. Some of his passes were a little shaky. He has a bad pick, and then the next thing you know, he just completely turns it around. And he's having one of the, you know, a performance that makes you kind of think if he's gonna get you know some 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 serious looks in the NFL one of these days. I gotta say, big well, guy. He was a third rank, third rank, third rank quarterback right now, and and Herbert's coming back, so we'll see. He's a big boy, 6'5". Yeah. Well, 55-27 now, Duke. Gabe, it's 56-27. Um, <laughs> I feel bad for you because you're on the West Coast losing three hours. You know you would have bet the over. They're already at 83 points. You love overs. <laughs> you know? Anyway. I'm yeah, you know, that. I would have I been on Duke, too. I actually like Duke in this yeah. game. But I didn't love it. And, you know, I guess Duke didn't get a lot of, you know, respect coming in here because of that um, – who smashed them in the last game? Of Wake, Forest. Yeah, Wake, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah, Wake Forest killed them. Yeah, yeah, fifty-nine points or whatever, yeah. right? So that's that yeah. sort of. I think that, that uh, changed people's perception a bit. But you know, the, the bowl games generally sucked. I mean, you you pick a side <laughs> and one team shows up. I completely one team, agree. Yeah, yeah, one team shows up, the other one doesn't. Like yesterday, then you know right away. It's like a UFC fight, whale capper. Like you know, when you bet on a UFC. You can sort of tell like a minute into a fight, like, oh, boy, I'm on the wrong side. Or, all right, this guy, my guy, I'm, on, I'm on the right guy here. You can sort of tell. I find what he's called football games, bowl games, you sort of know right away. Like, and it's a roll of the dice. I was like, all right, I'll go with Minnesota. Boom, Minnesota's up, and, and that was that. But now as we get closer, and I looked at this, we talked about this coming into the bowl games. Remember, Cam, when I said, look at all the double-digit blowouts in bowl games, the yep. early bowl games. Now, like, the, the teams should be getting a little better now that we're at this time of the year, Correct. right? So, I think we should have some of those sort of seesaw bowl games, close games. They can come down to an end. Maybe there'll be some in-game betting opportunities. But for the most part, most of these games have been blowouts, right? I mean, you know, and, and if they're not blowouts, they're just bad. I mean, TCU and Cal wasn't a blowout, but it was a terrible game, right? Nevertheless, <laughs> but, you know, there, there should yeah, be some good that'll ones. Go down, I mean, that'll go down all time. Um, like the, the, it's funny though the ones like the, okay there's the one later tonight what do you guys think of this one Baylor and Vanderbilt I mean hard to get excited about this game I mean like really and then the one tomorrow is the other one yeah. I really don't really care about is the Purdue Auburn game where it's just a weird matchup of bland, blondness to me but West Virginia Syracuse pretty cool Iowa State Washington State's going to be a fun football game actually like 
I think Wazoo is their better cab. Ten and two football team. They should have been in a better bowl game than the Alamo Bowl, but the Alamo Bowl is always a good one. That that'll be a good one. Um, you know, Florida, Michigan, they, it's like the fourth time they played in, in the last year and a half or something. It's getting ridiculous. It is. But a few, <laughs> few of these good games. Uh, Will yeah. Cap, what do you think about yeah. the playoff games, Will Capper, before we get to NFL on the other side? But what do you think of these playoff games? So uh, I see Alabama have just suspended three players, including one of their starting, uh, I guess their starting tackle. Um, I, I think Oklahoma can hang around in this game, actually. Like I'm as the game approaches, uh, I don't think Oklahoma are going to be as overwhelmed as everybody thinks they are, guys. No, no, this shapes up like a pretty competitive matchup, as far as I can tell you. I still expect you know pretty. Um, I would still project pretty high confidence that you're going to get a Bama Clemson uh, national title game. But as far as the spreads go, is double digit spread you know out of control when you have a month to prepare and you have an offensive. You know, an offensive genius in Lincoln Riley and in, and a capable quarterback in, in uh, Kyler, uh, what's his name, Kyler Murray. Uh, Murray. You know, he's, yep. he, he's, you know, they, they can want, they can absolutely put together a game plan that puts points on the board for this team. Bama, we've seen transition a little bit from kind of the, the run first, uh, hard-nosed defensive team. They just kind of have athletes everywhere now, and they're doing things a little bit more wide open, and they can score some points. Um, so it should be a pretty – competitive game in terms of point scoring and you know you make a great point if the Bama struggles whatsoever coming out of the gate uh this could be the kind of game like you saw in the SEC title game against Georgia where you know they got to come back to pull off a, a pretty impressive win as opposed to uh running away with it and covering by two touchdowns so um if anything I would look for uh you know look for uh uh point you know the, the uh, Sooners to cover here um but you know that's it's uh, it's fun for me to dabble in college football but believe me like i'm i'm not putting big money down on uh on yeah, college yeah. kids uh, that's what we games. say uh, <laughs> no, no. It could, it could, we've had many christmases and new years ruined whale capper by betting crazy amounts of oh money yeah on on games that you same, know kids same. are playing and you know it's crazy game right, and uh, right. by the way uh, guys that dexter lawrence suspension for the failed drug test from clemson looks like it's going to be upheld for that's a big blow to the oh, uh, Dabo wow. Sweeney and the Tigers and uh, Notre Dame a lot of people like them Gabe and now uh, they could be without one of their best players there so yeah craziness mm-hmm. before the, the the big games a lot of uh, a lot of players out and uh, possible suspensions too yeah 12 12 and a half points right now Clemson favored by 12 and a half points uh, in that game and when, when Oklahoma and Alabama you know to me you're not like you said guys you know and well kept right you're not really they're more open now, Alabama, but you're still, it's very difficult to outslug Bama, right? To, to get yeah, in the yeah. trenches and, and to beat Alabama up and wear them out. It just, it, it doesn't happen. The, the one way you could beat Alabama, and I've talked about this, and it's no secret, but if you look at Saban's losses, I think the guy's literally lost like six games there or something, right? I mean, maybe eight games, you know, when you take away the first year or whatever, but I'm saying like over the years, all of the losses, they're all to mobile quarterbacks. Like every single mm. one of them. You know, Deshaun Watson, Johnny Manziel. Um, Mississippi State gave them problems before with, with a mobile Cam quarterback. Newton. Cam Newton at yeah, Auburn. Cam Newton beat them. Yeah, like um, it's a great point. mobile quarterbacks. You need to be a no-pocket passer has ever beaten Saban in Alabama. It's insane. Like, honestly, like, if you go down all the games that he's lost, it's always a mobile quarterback. And Kyler Murray's pretty mobile, 
And and then secondly, though, I think it's sort of like the Golden State Warriors. Like you got to outscore them. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know you can't always do it. But I, you know, Oklahoma people say, "Oh, Oklahoma, they're not going to be able. To, you know, they're not physical enough. They won't be able to stop Alabama's run." No, they won't. But at the same point in time, Alabama is not really usually under this type of pressure, guys to not screw up. Like, they're going to have to score every time they get the ball, pretty much. And, and like, another Oklahoma point, Marenzi. will score. They could, yes. And it could surprise Bama that, like, holy shit, like, normally we stop teams, but these guys are relentless. They just keep scoring on us. You know, it could put pressure on Bama. Like I said, like, I, I guarantee you Saban's worried about this game more than Alabama fans are. Like, I think Bama fans think they're just going to tattoo Oklahoma or something, but Oklahoma can score on anybody, man. I'm telling you. Yep. Great point. And another thing is, if you really look at Oklahoma's body of work, their defense was abysmal at the start, game. The last three to four games, they got better and better and better. And when they really needed to buckle down against Texas in the Big 12 championship game, they shut them down. So it, it, Alabama should be concerned because, you know what, Oklahoma's going to put up points. If they get a couple stops, Saban and that team will start to sweat. I do like the over, though, 77. Me too. Like I said. 77s. I, I think it'll get there. All right, so we'll take a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk NFL football with Whale Capper. We got Lou Gamble going to be joining us at the top of the hour as well. Talk more NFL football, little UFC, all that and more. Game time decisions continues. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Decisions. Red Heat Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, uh, iHeart uh, Radio, American Forces uh, Radio Networks. Um, although with the government shutdown, I think we were having some problems on the on the uh, Armed Forces Radio Networks. True, um, but uh, hopefully that that'll be resolved uh, in the coming days. Uh, we're in conversation with Whale Capper. You can find him on Twitter, Whale underscore Capper. Uh, uh, so Lou will join us uh, in about uh, 20 minutes as well. So let's let's jump into the National uh, Football League. We had some fun just talking college ball, but uh, Whale Capper's thing is the National Football League. And uh, so we're, we're to the final week uh, of the regular season uh, here. And always tricky uh, when um, trying to read between the lines uh, of what teams are going to do, how they're going to handle it. So you get these weird point spreads, like, you know, a good example – New York Giants, six-point favorites over the Dallas Cowboys uh, this week. Uh, but the, the big game, of course, the meaningful game, is that Sunday nighter, the Flex, uh, Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans, Colts laying three on the road right now. Winner gets into the playoffs. Big time. That's going to be a big-time game. First, uh, we, we didn't we, – I would say overall, um, this year's Week 17 – 
uh, card is a little bit more interesting than usual. Um, there's still a hell of a lot to be uh, dictated, especially on the AFC side of things. Um, and uh, it's always nice when we have a, a true win and you're in game for uh, for primetime on week 17. And, uh, you know, it's going to be – it's a good handicap. It's a fascinating handicap, too, because we really don't know what to make of the quarterback situation in Tennessee. You guys got an early lean here? Uh, Andrew Luck, Gabe, you know me, I'm not I'm not all stats, but Andrew Luck is 10-0 and 0 against these guys, Will Capper. That's like going to the casino. The numbers keep on popping up. I don't want to change it because we're stuffing our pants with money. So, you know what I mean? I don't know what yeah. to do. It's 10-10-0, and 0 and uh, the Colts' defense <laughs> has been improved, Marenzi. So what are we going to do? Are we going to take the Colts? What do you think, Gabe? Kind of lean that way, but Tennessee's Hard. better at home. Hard to get in front of the Indianapolis Colts, man, the way they're playing right now. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the Colts' side of things. I, I, I respect yes. the Titans a lot. I was I was one of the few people too, like even earlier in the year. You know, I've defended Mariota in the past, even though he has his limit his his limitations. But they're a damn good home team. They're hard to beat at home. Like people don't realize yes. this. Like I didn't. If you look at their numbers, they're probably like like fifteen and three. You know, like in that range in their last like two years at home. Like these guys don't lose a lot of home games. Uh, the Titans. They have a ton of heart. It's hard not to like them. Vrabel just sort of wills them across the finish line. Derrick Henry, who has been much maligned over his career, has really stepped it up. Uh, and you got to give him credit, man. He really is. He's the running back that they were hoping he would be uh, when, they, when they drafted him out of Alabama right now. They're playing great football, but, man, Frank Reich's just, you know, everything he touches, he's like a hot gambler from the Super Bowl last year to what he's doing now. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, it is just like a smart guy at the table, you know, when he knows when to hold him, and, you know what I mean? That whole, he knows when to hit, when to double down. Like, yeah, he made, he made a mistake earlier in the year and it cost him a football game. But when you're a gambler, you're not going to win every night. Right. Like it's funny. Like we as gambling men, I think understand that more. Like when people cry, Oh, Frank Reich, what an idiot. He did this. It's like, yeah, He'll also win them a couple of games with his aggressiveness too, right? Well, Capper, and the players understand beyond that. Like I you know, the me- don't don't you think like that in that moment he kind of uh, galvanized his support in the locker room? Good like point. that was a big moment. It felt like in the course of their season. Like he kind of he was like, look, I believe in you guys. We're gonna go for it here, even if we don't make it. It's okay. We know our season's not over, but you know this is the level of you know belief I have in our team and our ability. I feel like he won over a lot of the locker room that day, in particular on the offensive side of the ball. And you know that what Frank Reich has done has to make you a, a long-term buyer in the Colts. You, you, you know you have to you know expect that over the next kind of three or three to five years when you're in Andrew Luck's prime and you can kind of build around him uh, with some of your, you know, stockpile draft picks. And, you know, you have a, you have, you went from one of the most, uh, you know, un, unfavorable situations with an offensive line that couldn't protect Luck to now you have this whole wealth of uh, healthy, young, talented offensive linemen. Um, you know, the Colts are going to be a player for, for years and years to come. And they play defense and I think they play defense now. They have some nice, talented players on defense, which is which is which is uh, huge. Um, and I think you got to think every other team in the AFC is hoping for Tennessee to somehow pull pull out a victory on on uh, Sunday. I don't think any anyone yeah. in the I don't think anyone in the AFC is comfortably stopping uh, this Colts offense. Um, their defenses just aren't good enough across the AFC. Uh, so the Colts are going to be able to go you know score for score uh, with pretty much anyone. 
uh, you know, you know, Andrew Luck is not like your prototypical. He plays indoors at home, sure, but uh, he some of his better games in my memory have been, you know, games outdoors. He had a very memorable win in the playoffs against Peyton Manning as an eight and a half point dog a couple years ago. Um, you know, he's played great and when he's gone out in Green Bay in cold weather and some of the other outdoor stops he's had along the way. So, um, you know, no, no one wants – they would be the proverbial played their way in hot team. Nobody wants to face them, uh, and they could absolutely disrupt the uh, uh, the AFC playoff picture if they get in. You bring up a really Which good right, Willie Happer, <laughs> about Frank Wright, Gabe. And, Gabe, and you brought up a good point. Remember we were talking earlier in the start of the season about Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was a guy that they'd be an inch away on a fourth down, he'd punt the ball. All of a sudden, he went for it a couple times. Deshaun Watson got it. They went on a tootsie roll. They won all those games in a row, and it changed the opinion of him. Now he seems to kind of go for it a little bit more. Like it, when you're like last night in the other college game, Gary Patterson had a fourth and a chain link, and he punted. I was looking at the players on TCU. They wanted to murder him, and he's been a coach for like 14 years. It's just yeah. sometimes you got to do those things to instill confidence in your kids, and I think that's a great point, Will Capper. You'd rather go down swinging and go for it a lot of the time. shows you got faith in the offense. I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, Gabe, we were both on Oakland, and, and Will Capper was with us too, maybe the going away swan song now, and Kansas City oh, playing 13 and a half in that game. What kind of big dogs and stuff are we looking at this week? Like <laughs> Seattle Seattle beats the Chiefs, and now and now they got to lay 13 against uh, the Cardinals. There's a lot of big, big numbers. Pittsburgh 14 and a half against Cincy, guys. Like there's some crazy, crazy high spreads, Will Capper. Uh, what's in Will Capper's mind, and what games are you looking at going, hmm? Yeah. These are the games I'm good There's at only, that, yeah. There's a couple. There's there's three dogs who I kind of have my eye on, and I'll go through them in order. But I'll start with the uh, with Oakland, who I would not put a single cent or even a free roll play on the <laughs> Oakland Raiders this week. Yeah. You got you're coming off a short week after that emotional. Oh, that was their Super Bowl. That was such an emotional high. We saw how poorly they performed after they beat Pittsburgh in kind of a similar emotional high spot. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I would expect a very flat performance out of the Oakland Raiders uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are still playing for something. You know, the Chiefs need to, you know, they're not necessarily, um, you know, packing it in for the playoffs here. The Chiefs got their bye locked up. Um, you know, they're going to go out there and and, uh, and secure the one seed, I think, in fashion, try to get Pat Mahomes some stats so he can get the MVP award uh, secured. So the, the, the Raiders are a clear, easy stay away from me for this week. Uh, the dogs that I think are live... Um, especially in the big dogs category, I kind of like Arizona Cardinals and Josh Rosen and in the way that that team has kind of played for their coach, who I don't think is good. I don't think they should be playing for him. I don't think the Cardinals would be out of it. I don't think the Cardinals would be in the wrong if they parted ways with Wilkes after just one season. But nonetheless, Larry, I think they're going to. That's the word. Thumping hard. Yeah. yeah. I think. They're, they are, but I think the players like him enough, and they want to at least give him an honest effort on his way out the door. And in, on you know, and I think Seattle is a little overrated. I mean, obviously they played great on Sunday night at home against the Chiefs, but this is not necessarily a spot where I would expect them to come and hang you know thirty, forty points on the uh, on the Cardinals and run away with the game and cover by two touchdowns. If you're going to give me two touchdowns and you're going to give me a team that's motivated to play for their coach and the Cardinals, I'll take the points there in that spot. Um, especially because Seattle's not going to get a bye. They're in the playoffs, but they're not getting a bye. There's a good chance that if they're up, you know, 10-something points like that at some point in the second half that they pull out all the starters and they just kind of run out the clock on this one. So it's a good game to look for a second half under. It's a good game to look for uh, for Arizona to either get a, 
uh, a clear, a clean cover or a backdoor cover, uh, depending on how the, the game shakes out. Uh, other dogs you know, that are a, worth looking at, one. in my opinion? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to continue. Gonna mention, so that, yeah, that's one. You said you had a couple of more. Yeah, what else you got? I think the Jets are not worth worth uh, shying away from. Similar situation where they probably they should. They broke my heart last weekend, coach. Will Capper. They broke my oh, heart. I a 15-pointedly. Brexy, I didn't tell you. I had a parlay. It paid, it paid like I, the Jets cost me like thousands of dollars last week. And when the game went to overtime, Gabe, we were doing our show. I tell Galena, I'm done. Packers will get the ball first. They'll score. What happened? And the refs gave them that game. Every call went against the Jets. They did. It's hard to back these Every guys again, single but call. 13 and a half is a lot it's of bizarre. points. And the Patriots didn't even look that Overall, good against Buffalo, yeah. Gabe. Gabe knows. He's no, a Bills fan. No. 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 The, the, Jets have, the Jets have that friskiness of, you know, we're trying to build a winning culture with our young quarterback. Quarterback, you know, Darnold has been playing very well coming back off of his injury. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets put up enough points here. Either, I don't know if I'm going to back... Uh, them, if I'm going to take the points there, if I'm going to look for an over in this game, because I think they, I think you're going to see a Jets team that has the ability to score on a Patriots defense. That's fine, but not great. And the total is deflated to four four and a half for some reason. Uh, I'll probably scoop an over there as opposed to grabbing the point, just in case the Patriots really do try to take the top off this one and 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 see how good their offense looks on their way into their bye. So it's uh it's it's an interesting game, an interesting spot, but Darnold can score. He's gonna chuck. They're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna quit, uh that's for sure. So there should be enough points in that one to get it over forty four and a half. Um you know what's an interesting question. one what? the ba- the Bears and the Vikings. The yeah. Bears and the Vikings yeah. only because the the Bears could could like knock the Vikings out, but if they did that, they'd have to play uh, potentially Philadelphia. And you were talking, Will Cabral. No one wants to play the Colts. No one's going to want to play the Eagles if they get in the playoffs here. Like Nick Foles, and you know, Nick Foles is walking on water right now again, and I think it freaks people out. They'll be playing with house money if they got in, and especially think about it. Matt Nagy and uh, is is a is a Reed guy. So is Peterson. Like, they're good friends. They know mm-hmm. each other's system inside out, right? I don't think it's something that they want to deal with with each other here. So it's kind of interesting here. Like, the Bears, it's one of these deals. If the Bears lose, they go in here, they roll over, Minnesota gets in, then they host the Vikings next week. So it's one of these weird deals where they can play each other again, right? And, you know, I if hate you, when so you this happens, yourself, but yeah. Yeah. If you're the Bears... Do you want to win this game and knock the Vikings out and then have to deal with the the Seahawks or, or the Eagles? I don't think so. Like I was reading, you know, I read I was reading in the Chicago paper about this that you know it's sort of like a little wink, wink. They they're comfortable against Kirk Cousins. They know they can terrorize this guy, right? Like they they've already yeah. done it. Like they so they you know supposedly the Bears room like they're much more comfortable playing against the Vikings next week at home than than getting Seattle or Nick Foles and the Eagles rolling in the. T- yeah, the Bears are in the worst possible situation because they either play hard, get tired, win on a tough game on the road, and their reward is they knock out the Vikings and draw the Eagles. Just like you laid it out, I don't think anyone wants that. Uh, and then the opposite side of that is if they turtle in this game, they give the Vikings the win, they play a you know, particularly vanilla game plan because they don't want to give away you know, what they, how they would attack them the following week, uh, 
then you have the Vikings team that can rally around that point and kind of use it as a motivational tool. So, yeah, hey, the Vikings these will guys say, can you believe this? So the Bears respect. think we're that bad. Yeah, <laughs> they think we're that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They want to play it's us. A, it's a terrible, exactly. it's a terrible, terrible situation to be in if you're the Bears. Uh, I think, you know, the if you're holding a Bears like long shot ticket to win the Super Bowl or something like that, and you want the best possible outcome for them, it's that the Bears get Seattle probably, and that would happen if they, you know, if they dump this game and they uh, and somehow the Cardinals pull up an upset against the Seahawks and the Seahawks slide into the sixth uh, sixth slot, and then uh, the Bears would have a much better matchup with them, I think, than than Minnesota a third time, um, or. The, the miracle 49ers could pull off an upset against the Rams and the Bears could get the two seed still. So there's still so much to be determined, uh, which is crazy. But um, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily punt this game if I were the Bears. I think I would give it a, a, an honest effort. And, um, you know, if the Vikings win their way in, then so be it. You, you make a good point. I think they match up very well with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins in particular in Soldier Field. Uh, feels like a nice spot for the Bears to get a, a hard-fought playoff win. Uh, in their first home playoff game in a long time. Yeah, we'll what see about- if Kirk Cousins can erase the <laughs> erase the, the doubt, the reputation. Like yes. you said, I mean, Minnesota are a good football team. I mean, but they don't step up in big games. I, I'm a Zimmer fan. I mean, the guy was an ATM machine for years, one of the best ATS coaches in, in the league. But the big game wins are few and far between. And, you know, I just wonder, like you said, too, I really, really have a doubt, Cam, if Kirk Cousins can get it done in cold weather in Chicago in the playoffs, like next week. I just, I, I don't know. You know if, he, if he can, it'll shut a lot of people up. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I, I'm mm-hmm. the same thing. Be, beating the Dolphins is one thing. Minnesota hasn't showed me enough. In that game, Kirk Cousins, what did he do, Gabe? He threw a pick six when they were up 21 nothing and got them right back at Miami into the game. He came back, and if it wasn't for, you know, Dalvin Cook's incredible performance, they might have pissed that game away, too. I'm not comfortable with Minnesota. Uh, I don't think the Bears are afraid of these guys. And I guess one more game we can we can look at, Whale Capper. I don't know what to do, but Denver, I like you, we, we remember one thing, what happened last time. But I'll tell you, the Chargers are licking their wounds after uh, getting beat down by the Ravens. Gabe and I were both on Baltimore in that game. And Denver looked horrible against uh, the Raiders, but now they're at home getting six and a half against the Chargers. What do you think of this game? This is intriguing. I almost want to pull the trigger with Denver, but that's risky business. It is. Uh, this one... Ooh, man, this one is real, real tough. And uh, with this particularly low total, my approach going into this game is going to be watch the first half and try to tr- create an angle on a second half under. Um, it's particularly low, but these teams can score. And they have they know each other's weaknesses. And uh, I think we could see kind of like a 14-10 a game that, that looks like it's going to go over its first half uh, and then come back and attack that second half under. Uh, because, you know, the Chargers know how to do eight, nine-minute drives, eat the clock, score a, you know, a game-breaking, you know, a break-your-back kind of touchdown. Um, that's My guess is that that's how this game is going to go. Chargers are going to be up a small, you know, three three or four points at halftime and then put the game away with, like, a long touchdown drive and just eat the whole second-half clock pretty much. Um, so I'm going to look for a second-half under in that spot. And that's kind of a, just a general uh, angle that I think is underutilized in week 17. Um, when you have one team that's going to the playoffs and the other team that's season is over, um, a lot of times, you know, in the locker room before they come out for the second half, it's not as much rah, rah, rah. This is our last chance to do something good. It's great season guys. Let's just go out there and, you know, and, and call it a year. Uh, and so looking for second half unders week 17 is one of my favorite angles. 
uh, Whale Capper. Check out his uh, podcast, uh, Audio Boom. Um, whale Capper, Whale underscore uh, Capper on Twitter. You can get all the links. Uh, Happy New Year, Whale Capper. It's always a pleasure, my man. All the best. Thanks for your time.